Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 123 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Jacob, we have made it just another day in this year. Good for us. I, I'm always surprised. Every week, I'm like, hey, we made it another one. How do you? How about that? Also, good for you today because Jacob is here. He's dressed. He looks normal. Yeah. He woke up 20 minutes ago, everybody. Yeah, 20 minutes ago, and that's including <laughs> a drive, everybody. So I was rushing to get here for this show. I I would not look the same. I assume I have this two different socks on. I don't, or same socks on. I don't actually know. It's too hot for socks. Can't you be those, like... Those preppy boys that wear like chinos with boat shoes and no socks. Can't I, you embrace that look? I absolutely refuse. <laughs> I I am a big believer in the shoelace. I thought it was a great invention. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stick by him as long as I can. No slip ons? Look, I got me some slips. I wish I wish I could. I always feel like my shoes flopping around. And wow. I, I cannot deal with that. In the mind of Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> too much too much floppage is this never is a good thing. Great information. <laughs> um yeah, anyway, but I don't really have anything to offer. Nothing goes on. I don't see anything. We might as well just get into the episode. Might as well. It's it's early It's enough. sad because there, you know, things aren't going on. But the, no, the truth hurts. But sometimes the truth can be inspirational oh. or scary or oh. sad or funny or anything in between. Did you like that seamless way that I'm going into the intro of our episode because we are going to talk about some documentaries. I mean, I've heard of sometimes great transitions throughout history, but that by all means is the greatest I've ever heard. You know, I'm, I'm going to agree with that. Um, and I would say now if you literally just take a stroll through any streaming service that you have, there really isn't a debate that currently this is an emerging golden age of documentaries. It's, everybody seems to have one. Any topic you want, they have a, <laughs> oh, a great documentary for yes. you on it. Correct. And I think maybe perhaps the kind of craving for documentaries is an extension of, I mean, people became really obsessed with reality television. Mm -hmm. And I think because of phones and the Internet, we have this insatiable information intake or maybe just even having a camera phone with you all the time and documenting things, I think has really opened up people's minds to it or you know i mean people just love a true story yeah or you also. know everybody's like oh everything's so terrible right now i need to find something else i could possibly do yeah, that something that makes me feel better or something that's more terrible <laughs> that makes me feel better but uh, i'm not there there you go see and i think i mean documentaries can capture like a, a raw instantaneous essence of humanity that even like a perfectly structured feature narrative they kind of miss that like, mm -hmm. you can kind of always tell it's a movie in documentaries. I mean, it's super raw. And it's just an opportunity to walk in someone else's shoes for a few hours. Um, even if the that path is halfway around the world, which is one documentary that I w watched last oh, night oh, that I I'm like, going to get to. I like the foreshadowing. I like where you're at there. Yeah, I don't really just say about that except, oh boy. But yeah, so let's get into some more. We had um, a couple other documentary episodes. I recommend that you go back and listen to them because I feel like they were super awesome, which crazily, 
are episodes 31 and 32. Wow. Right? Do do we even know what we were doing back in episode 31 (laughs) and 32? My goodness. I think it was the same garbage as those. Um, (laughs) Okay, so getting into them. So one that I saw um, a couple weeks ago after, sadly, the passing of John Lewis was John Lewis Good Trouble. It's a good choice. Did you watch it? Uh, no. I highly recommend it. I have trouble watching some of the civil rights stuff because it's a little it hits a little too close to home here. In I, I can understand that. So it has it uses interviews and rare archive, archival footage. Um, it chronicles um, John Lewis's sixty plus years of social activism and legislative action on civil rights and voting rights, gun control, health care reform, immigration, you know. He, all, all good stuff. All the good stuff. And it, it uses present-day interviews with Lewis, wh- like right before he passed. Right. He was 79 years old. And um, it explores his childhood experiences, his inspiring family, um, his fateful meeting with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in 1957. Uh, There's also interviews with political leaders, congressional colleagues, and other people who figure prominently in his life. So it's really lovely because he never really lost the spirit of that boy from Troy. That's what they used to call him when he first met uh, Dr. King. I love when things rhyme. (laughs) Yeah, and he had called on his fellow Americans to get into good trouble, which is where they got the title for the film, until his passing, which was just July 17th, 2020. And the guy, you want to talk about a life worth remembering, man, John Lewis. That's a guy that's going to go down in history for sure. Mm-hmm. Like he was a minor, not a minor part, but like a lesser part of the civil rights movement. And then just over time, ever since then, he's just built his reputation to where I feel it's almost equal to a, uh, yeah, to the Martin Luther Kings and such of the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was always going strong. And I think that the, the film is kind of far more conventional than the life that it honors. But Good Trouble remains a worthy tribute to an inspiring activist in public That's the one you watched last night? No, no, no. I watched this um, right after he passed, um, and I honestly will say that I feel like it is more important now than ever to watch. Yeah, I I would say that's an understatement, that for sure. So yeah, check it out, people. All right, so I'm going to go a much different tact, much more lighthearted here. Okay. So this is probably our newest documentary on our list here. It just was released uh, August 19th, actually. Uh, I'm going to go with High Score, which is a six-part documentary on Netflix at the moment that's all about the history of video games and such. Oh, I saw that. I love a good docu-series. Only thing better than documentary is a docu-series. That one looked good. Well, then you are going to enjoy this one. Now, what it is, it's very surface level, very kind of basic, like kind of history over the course of video games. But if you're somebody who doesn't really know a lot about them or you like want to see how everything progressed or what led to what the... um, next innovation i feel like this is a good documentary for you okay because i don't really know anything about video games oh then you're gonna i won't be disinterested oh no you're gonna be you're gonna be in your glory here each episode's about 45 minutes long and there's six of them so it's a pretty quick quick watch basically what it is is it just goes through the beginning of video games the big name players and all the innovations that created the juggernaut that we have today they cover such topics as um, the death and rebirth of arcades, for instance. Arcades were huge, and then everybody yeah. stopped going. Then they came back again, and they're definitely Yeah, I love it. Now. I like that bar, Mr. Chow's, because... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Masuda Chow's, yeah, it's a good place. Um, next is their, like, Sega versus Nintendo competition. They deal about that. Um, how first-person shooters and RPGs were created, because, you know, that takes a lot of processing power, yeah. but they were still doing those in text adventures. Um 
how video games went from 2 to 3D, some of the big names, some of the biggest games. Like, I know you're not a gamer, Michelle, but you're for sure going to know games like Doom and Grand Theft Auto and, you know, sure, sure, yeah. Call of Duties. I know it's happening in the world. <laughs> I'm, I'm a hip. That's I, just it. That's for sure. You are <sighs> definitely. If I were to describe Michelle in one word, hip. That's it. But, yeah, it's definitely an awesome documentary. It's okay. easy to get into, easy to get out of. Just go check it out, everybody. Get yourself a base level knowledge on probably the biggest non-movie industry out there at the moment. Watch that to just clear your palate for the terrible documentary that I'm going to recommend now. Oh. Well done documentary. Horrible subject matter. Okay. But I think it's one of the more famous ones. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's called Capturing the Freedmen's. Oh, that sounds so familiar. If you saw it, you might have a long time ago. So... Andrew Jarecki, he set out to make just like a lighthearted documentary about birthday party clowns. Okay, there that's where he was at. Birthday and, party clowns. Okay. Yes, and when he began researching one of his subjects, David Friedman, he discovered a more interesting and super disturbing story. So Friedman's father and brother, Arnold and Jesse, had been convicted of child sexual abuse in oh. their Long Island hometown. So then calling together interviews with the police that investigated the Freedmen's and the victims of the case and combining like those conversations with the family's home video archives, capturing the Freedmen's is just a really compelling look at a family falling apart when secrets and lies and things like that bubble up to the surface um and the film inquires not just into the life of the family but into the community in a legal system in an era like i said it's really disturbing but it is also very very fascinating and it's well done and you you, you can't not watch it and be glued to the screen oh man i'm a, you know i remember that being like i've definitely seen the cover for that I one i can't for think years. of when it came out but yeah it's been around for a while i i remember it as being um kind of one of the the first documentaries that that i experienced really because yeah because it always like i looked at that cover and i always remember looking at it thinking that something disturbing is going on yeah in and then you read the back and you're like oh i'm i'm sorry clowns and pedophilia neat i but, think i'll take a pass yeah, on that yeah, no, one no thank you those oh, are good. two two topics i don't really need to go in. it you know kind of reminds me of this other documentary uh wrinkles the clown that's on hulu about a performance artist who dressed up like this creepy clown in florida shocker no i didn't even see that yeah it's on hulu uh i guess i'll bring that up real quick yeah it's a documentary about a creepy, sad, droopy-faced clown. I'm talking like a rubber mask and everything. Okay. Who would just go around randomly in Florida and you could hire to be creepy at your parties. And Oh, so he's meant to be creepy. Yes. Seems like it. Even though it was, <laughs> at the beginning it's kind of like it was more of an urban legend kind of thing. Like people would Did see him around. Did he inspire people to dress up like clowns and hold knives? Wasn't Remember when that happened I, a few years ago? I do ago? remember the clown invasion and I would not be surprised if that was or this was inspired by that. But just just a side idea. Go see this ridiculous documentary. Okay. Um, but I guess the one I'm going to recommend next is a long one, Michelle. I know you like long documentaries. I do. So this one is called In Search of Darkness. It was just released in October of 2019. You can find it on Shudder and a couple other places and on DVD right now. Uh, it is basically a 244-minute examination of the history of uh, horror movies and slasher movies. And this one gets in-depth. 
gets mm. from all the big names, you know, your Freddy's, Jason's, Chucky's. I think I tried to find that streaming at one point, and I couldn't. It is on, uh, well, Shudder's the place where it's at right now, so it's definitely. I don't have that. I'll, I'll, I'll find you a code. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll get you hooked up on That's Shutter. my man. Okay. Uh, um, but basically, it goes through how horror movies kind of, because back in the day, it was a little bit more, you know, skeletons and closets and. Sure little quick jump scares because they couldn't really get into everything so it shows how that evolved from things in like psycho level to how like your freddy's your jason's all those kind of became the big deal in horror movies to where sure, we're at more now. just straight up people that can actually murder you yes <laughs> and how we got to <laughs> where effective. we are today with like some of ours the way our movies are horror movies really have no kind of limits anymore you can pretty much do whatever you want in a horror movie sometimes it's a bit too much oh my god yes because the, then i'm like well i can't like even watch that like my eyeballs can't i can't take that in and process it. like yeah if you look for like the move like the movie the martyrs i'm not even going to describe it but Please if you don't. want a movie that's just going to like <laughs> totally blow your mind there's an example of it it currently has a 94 percent on uh rotten tomatoes okay which tells you that this is definitely yeah no it sounds really good out. uh it was created by kickstarter and a crowdfunded thing so it's got somebody who actually cares about the project i mean if you don't really know that much about horror movies but you like them this definitely seems like the movie for you look at you trying to learn us up here learn about I'm, horror I'm films gonna, learn about video games i'm gonna give you guys teaching it's almost like we're doing an episode <laughs> on documentaries to help you learn okay um i just have so many weird ones the next one that i recommend is called three identical strangers okay. um it is about identical triplets become separated at birth and adopted by three different families. Okay. And Creepy. then, yeah, years later, they have this amazing reunion because the one guy's at college and all these kids keep coming up to him and calling him a different name. And he's like, I just got here and that's not my name. And they're like, what are you talking about? You're our friend so-and-so. And then a dude's like, that's crazy. Get in my car. I'm driving you to that guy's house. You look exactly like him. Um, and then they somehow find like the third one. So this becomes like a global sensation. Understandably so. I mean, it's totally crazy. They look exactly alike. But it takes a really disheartening twist oh, when no. the three begin to seek out the conditions of their separation as infants. And it like unearths an unimaginable secret that has radical repercussions. I smell an orphan black situation about So it's a real tour de force though in the sense of documentaries of just like the ability of documentary to capture the shocking circumstances that truly could only be crafted by life itself. It's hard to even think like this is something you see in a movie that you'd be like, well, this is stupid. It's yeah, not it, even believable. I feel but like there's been movies. Exactly. But this is real and it's surreal and it's surprising. And yeah, I recommend Three Identical Strangers. Let me throw one more in. Go ahead. This one, I can't remember if I talked about it in an episode. I know it wasn't a documentary episode, but I might have because I was just super shook. Did I talk about The Devil We Know? That sounds familiar, but bring it up again. The DuPont one. DuPont? Like yeah, DuPont paint? Company. No. Oh, my goodness. So if I did, I'm sorry. But so citizens in West Virginia, what this is about, they are battling um, a powerful corporation after learning that it has consciously been dumping a toxic chemical into the local 
water supply. Awesome. So in the early 1980s, there's an Ohio farmer, Wilbur Tennant, and he starts losing his cattle. Like one by one, the animal's teeth are turning black. They're just wasting away and they die. And he's like... I know that it is coming from this water supply. Mm-hmm. They actually just made a movie out of it with Mark Ruffalo. I think it was called Dark, Dark Water. Water. Yes. And then they stumble upon this environmental disaster. So the chemical company DuPont, who was known for creating Teflon, which was like the biggest thing in cookware, have been dumping these toxins into local rivers. And it turned out, of course, Imagine. that they did so knowing that the waste was detrimental to the environment and human health. How about that? Who would have thought? The one spoiler I'm going to give, because you just kind of have to be prepared for it, is that their investigation unearths that this chemical, this terrible chemical that they've been dumping in the water, is now found in the blood of 99.7% of Americans. Nice. When babies come out of the womb, they have this Teflon chemical in them. Well, I guess... Nothing will like stick they to have, them, I guess. They have al- that was terrible. They've altered kind of like human DNA in that way. So it's a really great documentary. I mean, it just makes you hate everything, but I feel like it's super appropriate for this year. Just just add it on. Yeah, just it's just throw, another just thing. Just throw it on top. Plus, right, I mean, on this cherry on top. I've seen the movie. You get to watch Mark Ruffalo do his Mark Ruffalo thing, so that's at least enjoyable. Okay, so you saw the movie. I did so see you the know movie. the story. Yeah. I recommend, I think the documentary is better. It obviously can dig deeper than a feature film. Right, and yeah, <laughs> when you forget about a movie that's coming out, and you can kind of tell you where and it's going to And you get to see at. the real people that were involved in it. Which so. is always a lot more affecting than your Hollywood version of totally. it. Totally. All right, so I'm going to go a little bit on the lighter side again, as is my way. I'm going to go with 2015's Back in Time. Do you know? You ever hear this one? No, I don't think so. So it is just an American documentary that just goes about the production, impact, and legacy of the Back to the Future film series. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that sounds fun. They uh, have archival footage. They have some original footage. Because in case you didn't know, the movie was half completed when they they fired (laughs) Eric Stoltz and decided to reshoot a whole bunch of it. But they actually got interviews with Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, uh, they got pretty much everybody on this. Do they thing. have the girl who was the original Leah Thompson, or not the original Leah Thompson, the original Elizabeth Shue that just vanished? They, Claudia Wells, they yeah. do have her on there, okay. actually. They also, uh, they also get some old documentaries, um, interviews with like Spielberg and Zemeckis, uh, Dan Harmon from Rick and Morty. He plays a part in this documentary as okay. well. So it's just like a love letter to what I think has got to be one of the best trilogies of all time. I did, don't think. Did you see any of the footage of Eric Stoltz being Marty McFly? I did. And you know, there's actually, it's in the movie too. There's still like one scene with Eric Is Stoltz. Is it so in the movie. bad? Does it just yeah, not work? It doesn't work. Because he's a good actor. That's the problem. See, what, the, what it, he did it, he was playing it straight. Like he was oh. playing it like lost out of time. Like, oh my God. I'm stuck in 1955. Whereas Marty McFly just was kind of like yeah, grabbing Ma- a hoverboard and being Ma- cool Yeah, Michael right J. Fla- oh, okay. Fox played it a little bit l- lighter. So that's, that was a smart move because it would have been a completely different movie with Eric Stoltz and probably wouldn't work. Although, you know, when you think about it, um, well, the guy who plays his dad, I, I'm flaking on his name right now. He looks a lot more like Eric Stoltz than he does Michael J. Fox. So you could tell that they had a different person in mind. Okay, wait, but in that movie, I'm like traumatized now by not being able to think of of his name because he's great. I know that movie with the rats. Oh, oh uh, Wilbur or Wilbur, or whatever it was. Yeah, why can't we think of his name? I don't 
don't know. He's got a whole thing of Hollywood named after. But I mean, if you right love now. the Back to the Future series, and frankly, who doesn't that's seen it? Go check out this documentary. It's a nice little oh, quick I'm, watch. I'm going to. I actually rewatched the um, well one and two during quarantine. Do you do the same thing as me? You kind of skip three. Yeah, three's just. Mm, I'm like, I don't care about the West. Like, I don't care. It. But yeah, go check it out, buddy. Back in time. Go yeah, I like get that. Get your Huey Lewis playing and get your vest on. Let's do okay, it. Okay, let me bring back um, some dark ones because I have a lot and I just want people to watch all of this stuff. So there's another one that's on Netflix. Oh, it's tough. I'm like, do I recommend it? Because I found it so interesting, but it's also deeply, deeply disturbing. Do it. Do it. Um, it's called Don't F with Cats, Hunting an Internet Killer. Okay. Did you watch I, it? I, uh, no, but I understand the premise. Yes. It's true. Don't. Like I said, deeply disturbing, but it's incredibly wild. Um, okay. It tells a tale. It be- And it's a docu-series, so it's more than one episode. Nice. And it begins when a video of a cat murder <laughs> is posted online. Did you laugh? Did they, it was like a cat murdering somebody? No, Jacob. <laughs> the cat was murdered. Oh, I thought it was, you like gross, a, cat. I thought gross it was a cat murdering monster. somebody. But anyway, so these sleuths of the internet... They watch this, they're disgusted, and they set out to find the killer. And the attention that he is getting leads him to start posting even more gruesome videos online. Mm. It is a dark and twisted sort of binge because you will just have to keep watching it. The the, the part of, like the narrative is just simply unbelievable. And it should be said, like I said, up front, it is incredibly upsetting this aspect cannot be overstated right they don't show anything like you do not see a video of an of an animal being hurt but it's still viscerally harrowing like you you know what is happening you see the lead up to it so if you're slightly queasy about this sort of thing i would you know i would skip this but nevertheless the story is incredible to see what appeals to a group of Facebook users so strongly that they use every tool in their disposal to track this person down. It's a real kind of like whodunit, Hmm. mystery, um, investigative. I love cats probably more than anything in the world. I'm creepy. I have four and I was able to watch it. Although in the first 10 minutes when they you see these like kittens on a bed, I like paused it and I was like, are they going to show it? So I had to Google, like, am I going to see this? Because I can't. Yeah, like, I don't want to watch kitten murder. Knowing it happens is bad enough. But like I said, they don't show it, but you know what happens. So if you think you can handle it, don't F with cats. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty rough, man. You're watching some dark stuff, Michelle. I love how this week is showing that you're the one that watches the dark. Oh, I watch the darkest stuff. You know how I know that? Let's talk about another one. All right. What do you got? Tickled. Oh, oh my god! This could go a couple different directions. Jacob, you're not even—you're literally not ready for this. Okay. 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 Let's see. <laughs> so, this guy, after stumbling upon this bizarre competitive endurance tickling video online, okay, <clears throat> where young men are paid to be tied up and tickled, this reporter David Ferrier he reaches out to request a story from the company. Like, wow, what is this endurance tickling? But the reply that he receives from this company about it like mocks his sexual orientation and they threaten extreme legal action if he digs any deeper is so wild that like any good journalist he's like um yeah that's exactly what i'm gonna do that is exactly what i'm gonna do so he travels 
It, this seems made up to the hidden tickling facilities in Los Angeles. Yeah, is, it, is it underneath the abandoned feather factory? <laughs> Stop, Jacob. They use feathers. <laughs> and it uncovers this vast empire, which is known for harassing and harming the lives of those who kind of protest being in these films. So just the more he investigates, the stranger the story gets. There are secret identities. There is criminal activity. It's it's. It's bananas. I don't even... There's a tickling wormhole out there that you didn't know about where, like, they might find some young dude and be like, yo, we'll pay you, like, a grand, do this video where you get tied up and tickled, and they're like, that's it? That's all that you do? Okay. And they do. And first of all, it looks awful because being tickled, as we know, it's the worst thing in the world. (laughs) It's terrible. But then, like, they really use these videos to kind of ruin these boys' lives. As you would expect they would. Yes, and they're really haunted by it. This is baffling. You have to watch Tickled. And then you're like, what is going on in the world? I don't know. I don't know. Tickling. Ooh, now they've weaponized tickling, everybody. We've, yes. we're, 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 we're truly through the we're through the yes, wormhole now. It's true. It's so weird. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Go on. What do you have? All right. I guess people will be mad at us if we didn't bring up like what is considered the ultimate documentary oh. at the moment. The Last Dance, the 2020 10-part epic Michael Jordan documentary. Did yes. you you've watched some of it. I've watched four episodes. Okay, so you you got a pretty good idea where it's going. Yeah. Uh, are you enjoying it, or you kind of like? Yeah, because it's sports. So I'm like, go fifty. I don't hate sports. I am enjoying it. It definitely doesn't hold me like all things do. It's sure. A, it's a little much. It's like a little too in depth. Where I'm like, okay, move it along. It, it was originally. But yes, I do like it. It was originally planned as a two two hour documentary. Well, so you could tell that they. I could even it. see like a two parter. Yeah. I think could have been okay, but go on. So if you are curious, a about why Michael Jordan is considered the greatest player of all time, and b what an absolute jerk he is in real life, this documentary will give you both sides of it. I wasn't getting the jerk. Oh, you didn't get to when he starts talking about other players or other teammates. Oh. Man. Well, he definitely is like, I'm holding the team up. But I was like, well, maybe he was. He he definitely was holding them up. That's but for sure. But he loved his his like close players. That all, all his teammates say they loved being his teammate in the po- in the past tense. But like as a teammate sure. of him, they said it was horrible because sure. he's a screaming. And he hates the owners so much. So much. Oh the God. GMs, man. Like Because oh they, they could have had 10 championships and it's because of the owners that, or the yeah. GM that they ruined it. But if you're ever curious about the history of the greatest basketball player, one of the most influential people of all time, I think also the richest athlete of all time. He's definitely a billionaire at least one time, yeah. probably multiple times just from selling shoes. Um, but this documentary came out. It had huge ratings. Everybody was watching this thing. This was also at a time when there was no sports on, so pretty much anything <laughs> that had the semblance of yeah. competition was getting watched. So go check this one out. And I guess if you have some extra time, Go check out the WWE ripoff series, The Last Ride, which covers the last three years, four years of The Undertaker's career, who is, without a doubt, the biggest superstar in WWE history. Neat. That includes people like The Rock and Stone Cold, Michelle. Wow. I mean, if you didn't know that a dead person could come back to life, control lightning. I watched soap operas back in the day. I know about it, but I'm going to skip that (laughs) one. Thank you. Um, Okay, let me do a couple more because I see that we are out of time. Always. Um, I have to recommend um, that you come to the library and grab Tim's Vermeer. Um, Uh, This is about Tim. Does Tim know about this? (laughs) Yes, Tim wants you to see his Vermeer. 
Tim Jemison is a Texas-based inventor, and he attempts to solve one of the greatest uh, mysteries in all of art, which is how did 17th century Dutch master Johannes Vermeer, he did Girl with the Pearl Earring. You're probably familiar with his work if you're not familiar with his name. Mm -hmm. I saw you like Scarlett Johansson in the movie. Yes, but how did he manage to paint so photorealistically? Because his pictures at that time like they're absolutely amazing his painting and this is 150 years before the invention of photography so the epic research project that jennison embarks on to test that this theory is totally extraordinary especially what he discovers and this like spans a decade he goes to holland where vermeer painted his masterpieces and he's on a pilgrimage to the north coast of uh, yorkshire to meet artist david hockney and eventually he goes to buckingham palace to see the queen's vermeer and i don't want to spoil what happens but like what he discovers and what he is able to do by the end of this documentary it's outstanding. Oh, I can't wait to find out. Turns it's, out the guy's still alive. Well, yeah, that's it. It's really entertaining, and I want to say that it is profound. It's like this seemingly esoteric subject, which I understand, but it poses really fascinating questions about art and obsession. I will tell you right now, I was not like a Vermeer fan. Mm-hmm. I had heard really good things about the documentary, and like all good documentaries, you're just like, I am fascinated. Like, I, it doesn't matter. I kind of worry about going into like random Europe and just trying to uncover mysteries. I feel like I'm going to be stuck in a real Midsommar situation if I'm not careful. It seems difficult. (laughs) Running around the Netherlands, next thing you know, you're tied up to a bear. Next thing you know, you're wearing wooden shoes. Um, Tied up to a bear in a a tent. And the last one is the one that I watched last night, which Uh am I recommending? I don't know. Maybe I am. It's called Honeyland. Is it about bees? Yes. Oh, it is. It is about bees. It's currently streaming on Hulu. Is nobody worried about the bees? Bro? If I mean, and I really love bees. I'm very into bees. I wish I was a beekeeper. So I was like, oh, I want to watch this. And if you are yearning to enter a world separate from your own right now, then you don't have to look any further than Honeyland because this is going to transport you to the Balkan mountainside. Okay. Um, it's one of the last Macedonian areas to practice ancient beekeeping. Ancient beekeeping. Ancient beekeeping. The the main character, I Hatice, I'm not gonna be able to say her name properly, but I mean she doesn't even need like protective gear, barely any smoke. She's like one with the bees. It's really beautiful, and this is shot over the course of three years. Um, it kind of shows this woman who has mostly lived alone with her dying mother in like a hut, and then this young family moves in nearby, and how that affects her beekeeping. <sighs> Whatever this film lacks in the central plot, because it kind of does, it can be slow, it can be a little confusing. You're kind Hmm. of like, why did anyone shoot this? But it's a really, really gorgeous cinematography and the landscapes themselves make it really beautiful. And I felt like it's a real parable about nature with Hmm. what she is doing, where her whole thing is like when she takes honey, she takes half and she leaves half for the bees. And I think it it, it speaks larger on how we should have treated the environment. And then this young family moves in and kind of how they just take, 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 and they need money and how it really disrupts everything. Mm -hmm. If that sounds like your thing, I recommend it. But but like I said, it's kind of slow and it's weird. I mean, it's about Dutch beekeepers, so I can imagine like it's living on a little... mountainside. 
Um, yeah. But well, even just in my mind, I'm having a hard time. But that's imagining. kind of the joy of documentaries is it really takes you out of your comfort zone and you learn something that you're like, well, I sure didn't know about that before. That is why we love them. And that's why we wanted to do this episode. Yeah. Another right? one. Guys, there's so many documentaries out there that we haven't even mentioned. So go check it out. And you know where else you can find all these documentaries. Dun, dun, dun. You can find them at your local library. We have 37 branches all throughout Erie County. Stop on by, come in, say, hey, where are your documentaries? And they'll be like, it's a library, bro. They're all documentaries. So come, come on and check them out. Don't forget to check out our website at www.buffalolib.org. Uh, you can go check out your account online, see what we got, make some orders, all that good stuff. And don't forget to follow us at All Booked Up Pod on Twitter so you can interact with me and Michelle and put out your own recommendations for documentaries. Yeah, totally. So I don't know if you know this about documentaries. The very first films, which are pre-1900s, were called actuality films oh because they captured short snippets of real actual events such as like a boat pulling up to the dock or workers leaving a factory like that was the early stuff so in essence the first movies that were ever made were documentaries i like how they workshop that name like we gotta come up with something better yeah and then actuality films then there was nanook of the north i know that one i saw that one okay by robert uh flaherty from 1922 and it is considered the first original documentary this film profiles the lives of a real inuit family mm-hmm. was it good uh yes it was very okay. it also makes you think like i don't ever want to be living up there like who no. would stay here no that that does seem terrible and then in 1926 is the first recorded mention of the term documentary by a a scottish-born filmmaker to describe a non-fiction film so boom he came up 1926 we got documentaries so in your own mind go ahead and put a super thick scottish accent saying we're making documentaries i can't even do it right now because it would all documentary there you go look at that we're making a documentary that's terrible (laughs) please get your inner shrek voice okay (laughs) so that's it sometimes people don't gravitate towards documentaries but you should always introduce yourself to new worlds and lifestyles and honestly it'll just give you some new conversation fodder which we for can this all boring time which we get we, we've already gone through all of our talking points everybody. yeah that's yeah. it so thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time bye